What's up, y'all? I'm Angie Bolin. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a student journalist. And more importantly, I'm also currently watching reruns of Hannah Montana. My name is Haley Bell, and I am a marketing major. My pronouns are she, her. And fun fact, I've never had an Oreo. Wow. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. I don't like chocolate, so I never like... How about Chips Ahoy? No. Never had a chocolate chip cookie either. And you don't have chocolate candy. No Hershey's. No, I don't like candy. Are, are you a salty yeah. lady? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Favorite dessert? Uh, the only one I really eat are like those Pillsbury cookies um, that are only seasonal. Like these ones have the the ghosts and the pumpkins on them. Will you have a buskin cookie? The ones with the smiley faces. You like lick the icing off. Those are the only ones. And then your tongue is like black, purple, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I could eat a whole can of frosting. It's so good. What kind of frosting? Um, any. You haven't been introduced yet, ma'am. Oh, right. Okay. I'm not here. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, this is Now You See Me, the podcast where we are redefining what it means to be a bear cat in this day and age. We'll be speaking with UC student Anna Bernicke about her experience in the medical field at the University of Cincinnati. Now on to the good stuff. We are in the studio with our intelligent, driven, multifaceted guest, Anna Bernicke, Anna is a senior in Advanced Medical Imaging Technology, or AMIT, with a certification in nuclear medicine. Anna, to start out, what are your pronouns? Uh, she, her. Beautiful. Thanks for letting us know, and welcome to the pot. Uh, that was a great intro. I feel so important. You, you are, are, dear. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we like to start each episode with a little icebreaker, so I got a random question here. And I think it kind of fits the theme, which is weird. But if it was possible to transplant your brain into to stay alive for another hundred years, would you? What am I transplanting my brain into? Like just another person, like just to stay alive because your body's dead. But like your brain, you could transplant it. Would you to stay alive for another hundred years? Oh, yeah, I think so. You would be able to gain so much knowledge. Or do you stay in the same person or do you age? No, you just start out, I guess, in a baby, maybe. Can I create, like, a robot that houses my brain? Yeah, I guess. Okay, and I want it to look like me. I don't want it to oh. be another person. A robot that looks like you. <laughs> what is that called? There's a... Oh, like a... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. A robot that looks like a human? Like a CGI version of oh, you. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Oh, but there's a word. There's a word. Or just like an Angela animatronic. Oh, yeah. I think animatronic is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. that's what I need. I would for sure do it. You yeah. Could, yeah. You could learn everything. You could tell your story 100 years later. No. I don't think I would. I feel like I get bored. Oh, really? Like, been there, done that. Oh. Like, at what point? But if you're a robot, you don't have to eat or sleep. You can just, like, observe. Yeah, but if you're alive forever, then there's no motive to observe now because you'll just have. You can it's do it like, in the next decade. It's only like double your lifetime. Yeah, honestly, it's not a vampire. I would not do the vampire thing. Oh. It's only 100 more years. That's not that much. I mean, that's like just double your lifespan. That's like seeing cars fly. Oh, yeah. Just like. Yeah, but being alive from, say you're born in 1800 to 2000, that's a lot of life. Yeah. That's like horse and buggy. Yeah, to like, computer. Yeah. I think I'd like to just rewrite the question to like, 
being frozen for a hundred years and then frozen, living oh. for a day. Like Walt Disney. Oh, he's Are we frozen, frozen, right? Conspiracy theory. Yeah, uh, that's for another episode. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> two to one. It's on okay. You guys season. can just like remember me in the next hundred years. We will. Yeah, see you then. <laughs> so. For starters, could you walk us through your certifications that you have or that you're working towards? Um, I know you said your title is a CNMT. What the heck yes. does that mean? Certified Nuclear Medicine Technologist. It sounds serious. Very sounds fancy. very serious. But um, I got that certification my junior year, just this past summer. I passed my boards and got that certification. And then I'm working on my MRI certification right now in my senior year. And I should be certified in that by this summer. And then I'll get my bachelor's as well along with that. So, And so break that down for me. What goes into your boards and what do you have to do to get those credentials? So I have two separate boards, one for each modality, which is nuclear medicine and MRI. Um, the boards are basically just everything that I learned about <laughs> nuclear medicine, really. Um, like what is nuclear medicine? Start us there. Yeah, well, so we use uh, – radioactive materials to evaluate structure and function of your organs and see what's going on. And we do a lot of different studies. We, um, like I was telling you earlier, if you have like problems digesting, we do a gastric emptying, which we inject a radioactive material in eggs and we have you eat it. And then we watch that go through you. Um, yeah, we do a lot of different things. And okay, so to me, like, radioactive sounds like a bad thing you're putting yeah. in someone's body. So how do you make sure that it's a safe procedure? Like, what are the steps to that? Yeah, there's a lot of safety guidelines, and it's very just a small amount of radioactive material. If we do therapies for cancer, that's a larger amount, and we take more precautions. But the majority of studies that we do is a small amount, um, and we can inject it in you, and it just takes a small amount to visualize, like, your bones or your organs on the camera so um a, and a small amount won't hurt you and so it's it's like a shot that you would give yeah and i mean an you IV? can yeah you can ingest it like i said with eggs or we um inject it in a vein and we can see it on the camera or um you can breathe it in as well so and you said that's basically just to make the like bodily processes visible yeah so yeah, exactly. what's the science behind that that you couldn't see it before. Um, so the reason why we can see it is because the radioactive material basically lights up on our camera. It's reacted to our camera. And depending on the, because we use different radioactive materials and everyone goes to a specific place. So one might go to, it might uptake in your bones, one might uptake in your stomach, and we um, use those accordingly to what we're imaging. So it's a case-by-case case basis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How you're using it. Yeah. See, that just blows my mind. <laughs> it is crazy. I didn't even it's know crazy. that was possible. Yeah. And nuclear medicine is like a very specialized modality, so it's pretty much for certain studies. Yeah. Moving on to like MRIs, can you just like break that down, like MRIs for dummies? Yeah, well, MRIs very different from nuclear medicine i feel like it's more common like have you guys had an mri yeah, yeah exactly i'm supposed oh. to but i haven't scheduled it oh maybe you should <laughs> you do it maybe <laughs> see what yeah yeah i'll give you an mri okay like what does it stand for um magnetic resonance imaging 
So basically, and I don't know a lot about it because I just started classes for it and clinicals, but it's essentially a very large magnet that um, scans you, and then we can see all of, we can see pathology and um, your brain, and we can image everything. We can image your knee, your leg, your brain, anything. Brain is our most common MRI. Um, but yeah, it's a huge magnet and there's a lot of safety precautions with that. Like we have to make sure that we have no metal like on us or in our body. Same for the patient because like my badge is metal that I wear in there and it like pulls into the magnet. Like (laughs) if I get too close, it like pulls in. So you gotta be very careful. So if a patient has like a metal knee replacement, like do they just... (laughs) well we make sure that it's um safe like some patients have pacemakers and stuff internally that is magnetic and they actually nowadays they make them like in mri safe mode so nerve a nurse comes in and puts that pacemaker in mri safe mode so that they can have a safe mri but even if you had like a jaw implant like what do you do with things that are not braces um yeah there i mean that can definitely cause an artifact on the image but it just depends if it's safe or not. If it's not safe, we will not give you an MRI because it. I mean, there's a possibility that it'll heat up and it'll, you know, cause you damage to <laughs> your body. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been cases. There's pictures online like a person has accidentally brought like a metal wheelchair in to the scanning room, and then the wheelchair just flies into the scanner because you can't have metal. So in the classes, room. they're just telling you like horror stories of yeah, what not for sure. to do. Yeah, what not to do. And it kind of scares us <laughs> in a good way. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure to like yeah. make sure you have all your boxes checked and yeah. make sure that nothing's going to upset the Yeah, there's a lot of like screenings that we do to patients to make sure that they're completely safe because that could cost the hospital a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And legal fees and legal. Yeah. Ugh. But, like, are there other ways to get that kind of imaging without doing an MRI? Like, if somebody was declared that it wouldn't be a safe procedure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different imaging modalities. Like, there's x-ray, CT, um, nuclear medicine. Um, Yeah, there's a, I mean, ultrasound. That's usually for pregnant people. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of different other... um, modalities that'll get similar images and so like what did they do before they had all this technology or did they just think something was wrong and go for it um as far as I know yeah I mean back in the day they really didn't have such a advanced protocol and structure to the diagnosis of um pathologies I'm not sure though that's interesting maybe they just kind of took a guess and Went for it. <laughs> One of my questions was, like, what you think about how quickly modern advancements are changing the medical field. And, like, what comes to mind is how your curriculum that you could be learning now would be different from someone who went to school 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. How quickly you have to, like, keep up with mm-hmm. what's going on and, and, like, how I imagine that that would be a part of your certification to, like, continue, even, like, after you've graduated. Yeah. Stay up to date on that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, stay up to date. There's actually requirements. 
called continuing education requirements every like two years i think you have to keep up on everything but it is crazy because it's constantly like the medical field's constantly advancing and growing and new um new machines and imaging techniques are available um i know that like 20 years ago people text that i work with they they used to actually print out the film of like mris like the like you take home a copy of film of an mri but now it's all computer so that was definitely a big adjustment i can't imagine doing that and then they have to like hang it up in a dark room and it lights up for the doctors but now it's all computer based so that's a lot better but um yeah it's constantly growing and mri and nuclear medicine actually is actually one of the newer modalities so um so it's definitely changing a lot more each year so what got you into this specific field um medical field uh well my mom has multiple sclerosis um which is a disease that affects her brain physically and cognitively and ever since I was little like she was having symptoms and I'd go with her to the doctor to get all these scans done and they would and at that time they'd print out the films of like the MRIs and the CTs and everything and I always got to see them when she came home and I was so interested by it like I mean, if you think about it, it's crazy. You're literally seeing a picture of the inside of your body. Like, that's so interesting to think about. So I was interested from when I was growing up. Um, and then uh, towards high school, I definitely um, paid more attention in, like, anatomy and science classes. And then eventually I came to UC, and they have a really good program um, for what I wanted to do. And then I came and like how did you decide specifically what piece of it you wanted to go into like such a wide yeah I I struggled with that I didn't know what to do I mean because there's so many different positions in the medical field that you can do there's nursing there's you can go to med school you can there's a lot of different things um I don't really have an answer to that I kind of just I saw the program that UC had, that they had a bachelor's degree and getting two different certificates. It, it makes you more hireable because um, it is competitive. Um, and I just saw what they had to offer and the opportunities, especially UC since they have so many hospitals. Like I think within a two mile radius, they have like four. And like there's so many clinical sites and so many networking opportunities as well as so many hospitals to work at, um, which I could not have got that opportunity at my small town <laughs> that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So, And did you ever consider med school as being a part of your path? or? Um, yeah, I've thought about it, but I think, I think it might just not be for me. I think doctors are not what people think it would be. Like, I think it's a lot of paperwork and headaches from what I've heard, <laughs> but... Um, Maybe one day. I don't know. Uh, maybe I've thought about PA school, which it just depends. I've, I definitely want to continue my education some way, but I guess I'll figure that out as I get more experience. Yeah, I feel like you hear that people go into the medical field because they want to work with people and they want to be hands-on. Yeah. But then you have to look at that other side where it is going to be like complicated and, and you might have a lot more to take care of behind the scenes than yeah. a patient would see. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like 
the expectations of it are different. I think when people think of a doctor, it's different from what they actually do and what they are. So when you graduate, you'll be an, a CNMT. You're working in hospitals primarily? Yeah, a CNMT, which is nuclear medicine, and then certified in MRI as well. Yeah, I'll mainly be working in a hospital. There's also outpatient clinics and um, stuff like that, but I want to work in the hospital. I want to be as busy as I can. And do you think that you'll stay in this area, or where do you see yourself after graduation? Um, really, wherever I can get a job at. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. There's, I mean, there's hospitals everywhere, which is nice. Um, essentially, I could go to any state, and they'd probably have something for me in a hospital. But um, probably around here, if they offer me a job. But I guess, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I guess when I graduate, I'll... I'll see what opportunities are out there. So I know a lot of people around here are very interested in the medical field because, like we mentioned earlier, there's an abundance of hospitals and stuff around here. Uh, but you mentioned you're not specifically from here. So what brought you to Cincinnati to study medicine compared to another major city with a lot of hospitals? Um, yeah, I'm from, like, a small town three hours north, basically in the middle of a cornfield. Um, and what part of Ohio? Northwest Ohio. Okay. And, I mean, not even, I grew up on, like, 100 acres of farmland as well. So, um, it definitely was a transition coming to Cincinnati because I walk out of my apartment and I can't really see outward. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I took a lot of college tours. I think I took, like, seven across all of Ohio because I really did not know. Um, but... Like I said, UC has, like, this specific program with a double modality certification. Yeah, I know that UC is known for their medical program, so that's another reason why I came here. So you also mentioned that it was kind of like a culture shock coming here. I imagine, like, growing up with a lot of land, having a lot of, like, just open space, and also, like, the small-town mindset. Yeah. What was it like coming down here and just, like getting into, like, really the hustle and bustle of Cincinnati and downtown. Yeah, it definitely was so much different. Um, I mean, I graduated with under 200 people, so that was definitely a transition as well because my freshman year lectures, there was, like, 400 people in one room, and I had never experienced that before. It was crazy. But um, it was very diverse, which I like. There's a lot of open-minded people. There's a lot of different opinions, and I liked that. Upon graduating high school, did you see the majority of your peers wanting to stay close to home or wanting to move away and establish their life elsewhere? And, like, where did you fall in that range? I definitely feel like they all stayed um, by my town or at least close to there or went to a college close to there. I think... I mean, as far as I know, I think I was um, a part of a small group of people that kind of ventured further away since it's like three hours away. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people tend to stay around there, especially in like small towns in a country area. There's not as much opportunity and it's, it's probably harder to seek other opportunities elsewhere since there's not as much there. Yeah, I kind of feel like there's a small town narrative where everyone knows everyone and yeah. you kind of end up living down the street from your parents 
was it difficult for you to break out of that headspace or like growing up what did you see for yourself yeah well and and did you feel like you fit into your environment Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like I fit in here and growing up I really being from a small town and like growing up on a farm I definitely wanted to get as far away from it as I could I'm like I don't want this I don't want to be in a cornfield for the rest of my life I want to like go in a city and like meet meet a whole bunch of people and that's what I did and I like I like UC I love it here and I love all the people I've gained a lot of friends and um I feel like they offer definitely a different perspective than people in a small town um I feel like I'm around like-minded individuals who have the same type of motivation um which is always good you always want to be around people with the same um what's the word goals the drive yeah the drive the drive that's the prosper yeah to prosper Ooh, that's good (laughs) also growing up in a small town I've always loved to get out and travel as well I've always wanted to I've been to all 50 states and I've always wanted to go to different countries and explore different cultures and different ways of life and um, meet new people and experience new things and I think that's another reason why it kind of motivated me to come to UC um, just to get out and not be in the same um, mindset with the same people doing the same things as everybody else in my town. That resonates with me because I grew up in Cincinnati and I decided to go to school here, but I definitely feel like I, myself, after graduation, want to find somewhere where I can kind of venture off. Yeah, venture out and find new experiences. And yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think a lot of people like, want to do that and like strive for that but it it takes like a step to do it but once you do it it's like it's the best and you experience a whole new perspective and we like last episode talked about kind of how you're a product of your environment and the people around you kind of um, form your culture and your just understanding of the world and uh, yeah for sure I agree I mean if you're around people with the same drive like we were talking about it definitely just inspires you to work harder and the more productivity around you the more I want to do and I mean I even feel like being more busy like makes me thrive (laughs) like because I'm like working right now and doing clinicals and classes but like I feel good (laughs) like I feel like I'm like doing what I need to do to be successful so it just it brings me in a better mood you know and I feel like that's the difference between like doing something because you have to and doing something because you want to. Yeah. Like, you can gain energy, and work doesn't feel as, like, draining. Yeah, that's one thing. You definitely have to be passionate about what you do and what you want to do and what you, like, what path you decide to take. you got to be passionate about it because, I mean, it's just easier to be successful in it if you're really passionate about it. And, like, especially in a field that's so technical and requires so much you know, dedication and forethought when you're going into it with, like, say, a new patient that you're unfamiliar with their background, their medical history. I feel like it takes a specific kind of mind to be able to work through those challenges and decide, you know, what's going to be best for them. Yeah, I think especially for the medical field, like, you got to be all in because, like, if a patient is coding on the floor, you got to, I mean, you got to save them, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So you definitely got to be passionate about it. 
And the last question that we have for you, uh, I was just wondering if you could give your freshman self a piece of advice, like what would you go back and tell yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Definitely don't give up. There was a lot of points freshman year where I was like, is this for me? Like, <laughs> is it time to just give up on this? Because, I mean, I think freshman year was at least my worst year and a lot of other people's. As far as classes, there's a lot of, like, weed-out classes that just wants to, you know, get students that aren't passionate enough out. Um, and it was definitely difficult. I feel like I studied every second of my time but it was definitely worth it and I think that's a piece of advice that I would give myself is it's going to be worth it in the end like freshman year I was just I was very I felt already burnt out without even doing anything but now I have like all these opportunities available so yeah definitely stick with it I think that's about all the time we have today but we really appreciate you taking the time thank you I'm on the pod thank you for having me on the pod do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Um, you can follow my Instagram. I don't really go on it, but Anna Bernicke is my Instagram. Can you spell that out for us? A-N-N-A-B-E-R-N-I-C-K-E. Yeah. Now You See Me is a BearCast production hosted by me, Haley Bell. And me, Angie Bolin. Haley also produces each and every podcast episode and has composed our killer theme music. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this time with us. Be sure to follow our Instagram at NowYouSeeMePod. Again, that's NowYouSeeMePod. We'll be posting on there with updates and guest previews. You can find this week's episode everywhere you listen to podcasts. See you next time. Bye!